All right, fierce listeners, you have you are in for today. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we are so excited to have Gary Thomas on the podcast today. You will know him better from uh, the book that he wrote uh, many years ago, Sacred Marriage. Uh, green book with a green pear on it. Well, That's what no. mine looks like. Yeah, the cover's changed a few <laughs> it's times. It's that changed. good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Anyways, he is one of our personal uh, marriage heroes. He's an awesome, just pastor, leader, mentor, amazing, amazing man author. of God. And author. <laughs> Duh. So today we're talking about his next book, which actually I think is already released. It's called When to Walk Away. And it's all about dealing with and identifying toxic relationships mm. in your life and all sorts of applications. So throughout well, this finding, interview... Yeah, finding freedom in that. Finding freedom, yes. And walking so away. Throughout the interview, we talked about how to deal with toxic in-laws or how to deal with if you if uh, you even married a toxic person or you have a toxic friend. Right. And, and actually, not it's not just that anyone in your life you don't like is toxic. <laughs> it's how to differentiate between someone who's being difficult, right. maybe, in right. a moment, versus somebody who's truly toxic. So right. Gary's super articulate and definitive about these people, and he brings all of his just knowledge of the gospel and theology into uh this tangible understanding and identifying people and it's brought i mean it brought so much freedom to us to just Mm -hmm. hear everything that he's saying and how it affects our marriage and how it affects how we operate in our marriage to our families to to the people around Mm -hmm. us so he also gives some good tangible ways to set boundaries in his book but you're gonna have to get the book to read all about that because that's where he really impacts it so at any rate this this interview should prove uh helpful and freeing for you just as it has for us so without further ado here's gary thomas Ladies and gentlemen, we have the legendary Gary Thomas with us today. Gary, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, we're a little giddy over here. We are in the midst of greatness for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we read Sacred Marriage a couple years into our marriage, and it was life-changing. Of course. I, of course, um, yes. Mm-hmm. It just brought so much more texture and purpose to marriage. Well, and really unearthed, I think, the deepest truth, yes, right? And, and yes. Gary, you're probably tired of talking about it at this point, but <laughs> no, the whole happiness, no. holiness thing. <laughs> <laughs> the so, whole <laughs> yeah the whole thing so so gary tell us about yourself for listeners who may not be familiar or as familiar as we are what have you been doing for the last 25 years author wise pastor wise family wise well i am a man of amazingly few gifts uh, <laughs> okay. i always wanted to be a writer from the time i was eight and i was glad it worked out because there's really not much else anybody would pay me for um, <laughs> Perfect. i'm a mechanical idiot I love sports, but not very good at playing them. I don't like being in charge of people, not that great with numbers. So basically for most of my adult life in, in some way, been trying to write and speak. Um, nice. I was self-employed, written a number of books. And then about nine years ago, a large church in Texas asked me to join the teaching team yeah. as writer in residence. And so that's where I am now in Houston, Texas, awesome. and uh, still writing books and traveling and doing conferences, but also speaking here a little bit more mm. often on the weekends. We have... Three grown children, and we got our first grandchild four and a half months Mm. ago. Oh Oh, man! Um, And she is uh, she is adorable. (laughs) We just happened to get the the smartest, most beautiful, strongest (laughs) grandchild in the history of the world. I don't know how that worked out, but it's just perfect in every way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you originally from the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, we're. I'm a Seattle boy. I, okay. I, I went. If people know that area, I graduated from Puyallup High School, 
It's uh-huh. about 20 miles south of Seattle, right between Seattle and Tacoma. So this new book you have coming out, I think by the time this episode drops, it'll probably be out already. But the book that we're talking about today specifically is called When to Walk Away. And the subtitle is Finding Freedom from Toxic People. Mm. And when Selena and I saw this, we just both breathed a sigh of relief. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, this is so timely, so needed. With that said, give us kind of the what's your what's your vision for when to walk away the book and what's your what's your ultimate desire and dream for it? I've been hearing from early readers and what I'm hearing is exactly what I hoped we would hear. Mm. And that's new freedom for the Mm. body of Christ. I, I believe with misplaced Christian guilt, we have allowed bullies to run free Mm-hmm. We've allowed them control over us and power over us, and we think we need to be nice. And the thing I found that toxic people are much better at being toxic than we are at responding to them because they've mm. been toxic their entire lives, and we visit them occasionally. They're just much better at playing the toxic mm. game than we are. And so yeah. my hope is this, that people will invest themselves in healthy positive relationships and be willing to walk away from the unhealthy, destructive, toxic relationships. Mm. We are called to be relational people. Our happiness Mm -hmm. is largely tied to our relationships. God Mm. calls us into community and and relationships are incredible. So the when to walk away is also really a picture of so that you can walk toward what's Mm. healthy. Mm. But powerful. If you're not walking away what's toxic, what you're doing is you're infecting what's healthy. And, and let me give an example. Yeah. When I was back in my naive stage, I was in a situation one time decades ago. So it's safe to talk about this. But <laughs> wrapping my head around just a particularly toxic individual that was ruling this office and, and it gained control over it and four or five markers of real toxic behavior – And the thing that made it difficult was I couldn't sleep. I mean, it would haunt Hmm. me at night. I'd wake up and that's what I'd be thinking. Oh, I got to go back to work. I'm with my wife and very young family at the time. And they might say something and I'm distracted thinking about what's happening, not Hmm. wanting to go go back. And it's just that's what can happen with a toxic influence is that they can take you away Hmm. from your healthy relationships. And it's this guilt that that moves us. And I found, because I've worked with a lot of young couples that just get married. And I love it when, for instance, I'll, I'll make this a woman because that's been most common, but it can go either way. But this woman comes from just a dysfunctional background. Her parents were terrible. Her home was just broken. But she chooses a really good guy. And that, that you know, that doesn't always happen. Hmm. Sometimes you, you respond, you get comfortable to a certain kind of dysfunction, but she chooses a really good, and so I'm so excited working with them and, and, and they're loving the Lord and they're loving each other. And you have so much promise for this relationship. And then six months after they're married, she's thinking, okay, I got this great marriage. Now I got to go back and fix my family of origin. Hmm. And I'm like, no, I go, <laughs> look, I, I, I get why you want to have a healthy relationship with your mom who hmm. doesn't. But you can't have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person. Hmm. I said, you're going to be taking time away from a healthy, God-honoring relationship and try to fix a dysfunctional relationship that I'm promising you right now, it will never be fixed. 
wow. you like healthy relationships. Toxic people like toxic relationships. And if there's one thing you guys, I could want the listeners to hear toxic people like toxic relationships. Mm. And so when you try to present it with healthy relationships or respond in a healthy way, they're still going to go to a toxic. They don't want it to be fixed. They like to have control over people. Sometimes they like to terrorize people. They like to turn people against each other. It's all the things that we find appalling is what they find energizing. Mm. So our minds are being blown right now because you're putting words to think and you're almost giving permission to identify yes. hey, what you said. You can't have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person. I think maybe that's why as Christians, we struggle because you kind of feel like you have this obligation to um, kind of bear with someone, which you do. And, and I'd love and one of the bullets in the description of your book is learn to uh, discern between difficult people and toxic people. I think there's a yes. difference there. So why don't we talk about that a little bit? Well, how would you actually define, just quickly, how would you define a toxic person? And do toxic people look different in our individual lives versus toxic people in, say, our marriages? Like married the, the as like a married couple this, as a friend? Or, right. Because yeah. we, we, we've got about half an hour together, and it takes me three chapters to make that distinction in the book. <laughs> well, just do it in a sentence. So, what's the problem? Yeah. But yeah let, let me read a short paragraph that sort of summarizes it, Please. and then people want more. But I do think it's crucial to distinguish that yeah. I'm not calling difficult people toxic. I'm not calling people who don't believe in the Lord toxic. Those are people we're called to reach with the gospel. I'm not calling people who disagree with us toxic. Toxic is a certain thing where somebody is trying to take you down. Here's how I describe it. Toxic people are ruled by selfishness and spite. They're usually draining instead of encouraging, and they use people instead of loving them. They're often addicted to self-righteous righteous, rash judgment and thus frequently fight with people instead of enjoying and appreciating people. They may be jealous of healthy people's peace, family, and friendships, and spend much of their time and effort trying to bring people down to their level of misery rather than blessing others with joy and encouragement. Mm. They often want to control you, and it may feel as if they basically just want you to stop being you. Hmm. What I found is the people who drain us they demean us. They distract us from other unhealthy relationships. They're kind of people, if we see their name come up on our phone, our blood pressure spikes. Mm. If we Another see type. them on the other side of the church, <laughs> we're thinking, maybe I need to visit a new church. Maybe I need to go to a different country, right? And, and what amazes me, Ryan, is I, I've talked to so many accomplished people that let these toxic people have this influence. One couple, international ministry, right? Both husband and wife are being used by God in powerful ways. And they confess this one woman from their church rang their doorbell. They both hit the floor. Don't say anything. You know, don't speak. They're whispering, hoping she would go away. But of course, toxic people look into the curtains, right? They just do. So it, it's just, it's this sitcom right. situation. And these are not weak people. These are people who love the Lord. And yet, when you have that reaction, I, I what I know I'm just running on. I'm sorry, you, you cut no, in, but great. but this is really key for the book. The, the life-changing point for me was in my own interaction with a toxic situation, I was talking with a good friend of mine. He's been a marriage and family therapist 35 years, loves the Lord, a lot of Christians, you know, big time Christians will come to him when they get into trouble. 
I'm just, how do, how do I deal with this? How do I respond? And I was shocked when he says, I don't think you should respond. I think you should just get out of there. Don't mm. engage him. I go, what do you mm. mean? To me, that would be like a failure. How, yeah. how do two people who both call themselves Christians just, and he said, I want you to go to the book of Luke, count how many times Jesus walked away from somebody or let somebody walk away from him. Well, wow. I was intrigued. So I went to all four gospels. <laughs> documented everyone. I came up with 41 different citations where Jesus had an interaction with somebody where he walked away or he let them walk away from him and he didn't not once give chase. Hmm. And it was it my it was a mind-blowing experience for me because I would have considered that a failure for me, but I don't think Jesus ever failed. Hmm. And so now I had to reevaluate what I expected in relationships and seeing the example of Jesus walking away opened up other scriptures where he specifically tells us to walk away. Matthew 7, 6, when he says, don't give what is healthy to dogs or throw your pearls before mm -hmm. swine or else they'll turn and tear you to pieces. Mm. Now, the healthy, it, really, he's referring to Jewish culture to, to kosher food. Mm. And, and when he's referring to dogs, do you guys have a dog? With two, yeah. Okay. See, I love dogs. I not don't ask about cats. Dogs, dogs rule. Amen, my friend. Dogs rule. Yeah. But, but in Jewish quarters, dogs were not fluffy or spot or fifi. Right. Um, Egyptians kept dogs. Jews wouldn't as pets. And so he's talking about mongrels, you know, vile, smelly, wild animals. And then giving pearls before swine. I mean, here you've got pigs and they're not yeah. even supposed to be in Israel. And so he's saying you can have the most perfect, precious truth. You can present it in a relevant, compelling, gracious, love-motivated way. Mm -hmm. And far from them appreciating that truth, they will turn and tear you to pieces. They'll resent it. They'll hate mm -hmm. you for it. And Jesus is saying, here's what is going to blow some people's minds. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to have to suffer that. I, I don't want no. them to turn and tear you to pieces. So I'm warning you, don't do this because that's how toxic people respond. Mm. And I don't want you to face it. That's wow. Just, I've struggled for years with certain friendships and even members of the family where I'm just like, okay, God, I'm really trying to love them, really trying to like extend a hand here. And until you, I guess, identify mm. what Jesus is instructing there and identify the freedom that he's offering because hmm. you feel like as a Christian, when you turn your back on somebody, you're not loving them when that's mm -hmm. not really the case. And you're really highlighting that truth. I'm sorry. I'm just processing. Well, see, here's this is a great example, Selena, because you're the perfect example for that. You have three kids. Mm -hmm. You have a husband. You have a clear calling and a ministry that God has given you. And a toxic one toxic person comes into your life. And I can tell you what the toxic person does. He assaults your peace. You walk without peace, destroys your joy. Yes. There's not joy. There's, there, there's fear. There's anxiety. Usually they mess with your sanity because they're <laughs> masters yes. at gaslighting. Yes. You, you oh. point out something that is true. They make you think you're crazy for believing that it's true when you know it's true. Okay. Yeah. So somebody might say, well, why is it selfish that somebody steals my joy? Well, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. Strength. Yeah. So Satan knows he's lost you. He can't reclaim you. But if he can make you fearful, doubting mm. yourself, without peace, anxious, 
then you're going to be less effective. It's God's mm. desire that you be vibrant. You live with peace. You live with confidence, not in an arrogant way, but in what Christ can do through you, how mm. God has used you. Toxic people make you feel like you have nothing to offer, nothing to give, and you say it badly whenever you say it. I mean, and, oh, and, and so, so that undercuts you as a mom. It undercuts you as a wife. It undercuts mm. you as a worker in God's kingdom. So you're actually doing God a favor by walking away from someone who undercuts mm. everything that God has created you to be. Wow. I, wow. Everything I hear you saying, I feel like there's this deep under, uh, what's the word? It's like a ground, uh, it's a groundwater of control, right? So if you are willing to relinquish control right and listen and see what jesus did and listen to what he said and submit to, him, and yeah. submit to that and say you know what i can't control these relationships because at the root of sticking around is the thought that if i stick around it'll change things in other words if i stick around i can control the outcome and extent, that's yeah. the opposite of i think how god is calling us to live he's calling us to live as if he's king he's in control he is lord he's Submission savior i'm not yeah. i'm not king lord savior Submission or in control trust, yeah so that's really, but I think where it gets hairy, and this is where I'd love to get your your insight on this, is that what if a toxic person, and we talked about it a little bit, but what if they're a member of your family and they're a close member yes. of your family? Yeah. So an in-law or a parent, a namely, or a yeah. sibling, how do, you, how do you create those boundaries that are definitive without just being dismissive of the, them as a person, right? Because I feel like there's nuance in there. Can you tease that out a little bit for yeah. us? Let, let's do an adult sibling and let's do an in-law. And these are real life cases, <laughs> yes, okay? Great. Without without details. And they're not mine, in case anybody's okay. listening. Uh, one guy, his his mom is, is toxic. She's passive aggressive toward his wife. Sometimes not so passive, sometimes openly. Right. You know, she's not a good mom. She's not a good wife. She doesn't clean the house right or cooking, you know, all of that, right? Right. Well, they they have small kids. They're about family about your age. I mean, small kids. And you know how tiring it gets. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those tough years where they'd had some real challenges financially and otherwise. She'd had a little bit of sickness she had to go through. And so it's the start of December and they always went to his parents for Christmas or is their year. I'm not sure which one. I think it was just their year to go to his mom's for Christmas. And his mom preaches the gospel of family above all else and not going there would be considered an act of war. But the mm. wife, he could tell that she was just getting depressed and he's like, honey, what is it? And she didn't want to tell him. And finally she said, look, I just can't even bear the thought of being at your mom's house for Christmas. She goes, it takes me months to recover. And I just don't know that I have it in me this year with all the year that we've had. And he knew she was right. Okay. There's no dispute here that he knows what his mom does to her. And he also knew that she, she, she wanted to support him. This, the, and so he came to me, he goes, yeah, I, I'm supposed to honor my mom, you know, and yet I know I'm supposed to support my wife and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I think it's easy to know what you should do. It, it might be difficult to do it. But I said, the best way you honor your mom is by treating her as if she was healthy. Hmm. And hmm. you tell her and that you're not throwing your wife under the bus. This is your decision. You're telling her, mom, we're just not able to get there this Christmas. It's not best for us. I said, if my son said that to me, it would break my heart. But I hope I would say, and if I was healthy, I would say, bud, look, I'm sorry. Obviously, we're going to miss you, but I'm proud of you. You're making hmm. the right choice. You're putting your hmm. family first. You're a good husband. I would affirm him. You're hmm. being a good husband. Thank you. 
for doing what raised you to do, which I pray that you will do. I said, if she doesn't respond that way, that's part of her toxic behavior. But wow. you don't honor a toxic person by giving way. You, you say, you know what? I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in a healthy way. Mm. And so they walked away by not going there for Christmas. Now, I wouldn't want to punish my parents. I don't have any toxic siblings. If I did, I wouldn't want to punish my parents by not going because we have a toxic sibling. Although in certain extreme examples, I might. But if there's a toxic person there, what I'm doing is I'm walking away. Because the the other half of the book is about finding reliable people to invest in. Hmm. Now, you've got the period when you've got small children, you're investing in your children. Hopefully everybody, if they're a Paul, they have a Timothy. Um, if you're a Priscilla, you have an Apollos. I mean, everybody is investing in somebody like that. But um, basically, I would be finding the teenager who needs encouragement. I'd find the sibling that I can just learn from. But I'm walking away from the toxic person who's spouting politics or church fights or just hmm. their opinion mm-hmm. on everything and go find the person that I think there could be a redemptive conversation here. I think we could have an encouraging conversation Mm -hmm. here. So walking away might be walking into the next room, or in the Mm. case of the first couple, it's not getting into the car and driving over. Mm. Wow. That's good. That's really good and helpful. (laughs) Um, And clearly there's a a whole wealth of information to be had from reading this book. And also just by talking to you, we could talk to you for many hours. So I want to, I want to, I think this might be a little bit of a tough one. Maybe it seems tough to me, probably not for you. Mm. Say you married a toxic person, right? Ah. You married, your husband is toxic. Your wife is yeah. toxic. And you, obviously there's a covenant there. You can't just walk away, uh, quote unquote. You can walk away in other ways. How would you advise that that husband or that wife who is, she, know, she he or she knows my spouse is toxic? Yeah. Well, let me just say first if, for that person and before people get all judgmental right away. I just want people in a healthy marriage. Like I've been married to a wonderful woman for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Ryan She's and awesome. Selena have met her. Everybody mm-hmm. loves her. So She's I'm awesome. not, yeah. I have no, I have nothing to defend here. Imagine how horrific it would be if you're in a counseling office alone with a counselor who says, you need to know you're married to a toxic spouse. I mean, just the chills. You mm. think you can fix this. You're praying you can fix it. And then they're basically saying, here's here's the real prescription. I just want people to have grace. And mm. I've spent my life trying to help marriages recover and reconnect and mm. regrow. And I, I don't apologize for that. I, that's the call of my life. But mm. I also want to show grace and mercy to those. That's a horrendous yeah. realization. It's true. And I would make a distinction here, and we may go way too long if I go into this. So cut me off when you have no, to. No, you're Ryan, fine. Just go. <laughs> you got to distinguish between toxic behavior and a toxic person. There's a couple in the book, in the control chapter, a real mark of a toxic person is a controlling person, where the husband controlled the wife from Sunday to Saturday in just ways where she felt oppressed. Mm. And and in the book, I explain all of it. I don't think too many people could disagree with. They needed to separate. And so she walked away, not into a divorce, but into a separation. I set up some parameters where her husband was led into repentance. He was hum- humble. He was mm. repentant. He realized it was his problem. This is years later. I like to use stories where the result has been proven. 
Right. Otherwise, it comes back and bite you. You, you need to know this is an That's author. Good to know. <laughs> it, it's good to get people that have come through it. And then, and, and so today they have a wonderful marriage because he was repentant and humble and he left the toxic behavior behind. They both told me at various times in our counseling, what you asked of me was the most difficult thing anyone has ever asked me to do, but God used it. And so uh, first I'm wow. going to try to see, am I dealing with a toxic person or am I dealing with toxic behavior? When you're dealing with a truly toxic person, here's what's given me chills. I've been a pastor in the nation's fourth largest city for almost a decade. My eyes have been opened up even since I've written Sacred Marriage. And hmm. when I finally realized that it, it's hard for people to get this, but I've seen it. Some men base and, and women. All right. But let me just use the example of men. I'm not trying to be sexist here. <laughs> they have an evil bent where they enjoy terrorizing a woman hmm. and marriage gives them a platform to keep up that abuse. And, and as a pastor, you think, how do I preserve this marriage? But for a toxic person, you're preserving a platform of abuse because the marriage relationship gives you an entree into a person's lives. It gives you vulnerability into a person. It, it, it just gives you control over a person that no other relationship offers. And, and so this is a this is a minority, but we have to have our eyes opened up to it that they need to walk away. And and Jesus is very clear that our allegiance to his blood supersedes allegiance to familial blood. You remember some family members came. The brothers doubted before Jesus died. Mm -hmm. Who are my mothers and brothers? It, it's it's the people who do the word of God. He, he's got another scripture where he says, if you're not willing to leave mother, father, sister, brother, he said, even wife, he's using a spouse in there. Right. You're not worthy of me. I, I believe two people surrendered to Jesus can work through, excuse me, anything because I've seen couples yeah. work through just about everything. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is leaving the door open that sometimes faith in him will destroy a marriage. Right. I, people can say that, that that's theirs, but I'm just that's that's the only application from Jesus's words that he hmm. left the door open. Sometimes you may have to leave you not that it would be done because you're tired of her or not hmm. attracted to her or bored or you found somebody better. That's all sin. But if your faith is being stopped and hindered because of a toxic spouse that is assaulting you, Jesus says, my claim comes first. And so I, I think it, it, we, we have to be careful in speaking a ministry of marriage that we don't idolize marriage. And mm -hmm. Brian, this is your heart. Jesus first, always above everything, even mm -hmm. above marriage. It's beautiful when two people are worshiping Jesus together, but we have to open up our eyes to the reality of evil that can penetrate every good creation, including marriage that God has made. And, and as a church, resist evil not enable it or support it hmm. that's that's really wow. interesting and it's one of those tricky areas right um and i appreciate you nuancing it sufficiently because it it's very easy to kind of feel like you're just giving a pass to say all right well the covenant is you know dissolvable now and you know jesus said this stuff and i don't think that's what you're saying because i know that passage and I haven't reviewed. Is it, is it Matthew 19? Is that where that's coming from? I forget. I, I'd have to look. There's only one of them that actually mentions wife. Right. And I, I do think it's Matthew 19 and I should have looked it up before I got on here, but I didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's one of the tricky ones because I, I think 
as far as, you know, I think you've mentioned a few times, um, stepping away, separating for the sake of kind of that process unfolding. It's not leaving the marriage, it's not divorce, but it's separating to let that happen. And that's where I always have to be really careful because people tend to want to hear what they want to hear, right? If there's a spouse who's desperate to get out and they're looking for that, that clause, right? That caveat. That's, that's good, man. And it's, and it's one of these things that's not simple. It's, it's where you have to have a context, right? With which to work through this. It's, it's hard to broadcast stuff like that because it's always too broad of a brushstroke, yeah. right? Hey, um, well, I, while I was listening, I looked at, it's not Matthew 19. That's the passage in question. It's Luke 14. Okay. And I can okay. read right. Luke 14, 25 through 27. If anyone comes to me, does not hate father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, just even their life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, the, the word hate, obviously, it's a comparison word. It means right. that our allegiance to Jesus is so overwhelming that nothing else comes close. Matthew 19 doesn't explicitly mention a spouse. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Very interesting. We could talk about that a lot. So as, as I'm learning to um, really divide scripture, right? It's so interesting to actually get into what they mean. So I don't want to mince words too much there, but um, very, very cool. So we like to, again, so much to be talked about here. The book is called When to Walk Away. Uh, we're going to buy it. We're going to pre-order it. <laughs> I think by the time this episode drops, it'll be available right. wherever books are sold. So make sure, listener, to go and find that. Um, so thank you so much for that, Gary. It's been a blessing um, just talking to you. I know that book's going to bless us. It's going to bless many other couples. But before we before we say goodbye, we'd like well, to ask... and one thing I wanted just real okay. quick, because you did say there are a few like healthy boundaries, and this book does give you some tangible ways to sort of walk away. And I just want to give you permission to say, yes, that's in the book. And then um, maybe expand on one that, well, I mean, I guess we've heard some, I just. What I tangible feel, ways to walk away? Well, what are, how, how you're implementing the boundaries, which I guess we talked yeah. about too. Um, but I, people it, are always wanting something tangible to understand. Yeah. And it's, you guys know, being both authors, bloggers, and podcasters that they all offer greater opportunities and greater challenges in in a book though i can be so much more explicit and nuanced so yeah. let's talk about how do you handle this if you're working with somebody how do you handle this if it's your boss or if it's just a co-worker so how bad. do you handle it in marriage how do you handle it with adult children you guys are a ways away from there how do you handle if it's in-laws or your parents or if it's a spouse or if it's yourself well we didn't even get into that but sometimes the most toxic person in our own life is the way we talk to ourselves, And mm. so uh, that's, that's a whole no. different Perfect. issue. Perfect. Wow, powerful. I love that's a great teaser. And that's a great cliffhanger. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> application to be had in there. Absolutely. I, I think you said we have to wait till we have adult children. I don't know. Our, our, our second board can be a toxic person sometimes. <laughs> 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 but you're not walking away from a kid that lives at home. She's three. She's a terrorist <laughs> and she, she doesn't negotiate. It's difficult. It's difficult. But we love her. Uh, my my okay, friend so. has a um, a granddaughter who's about that age. She's like thirty three months, and so she's <laughs> in the back seat, and he's driving. She goes, "Papa, two hands on wheels, two hands on wheels," and he's just like, he's just like, "Hey, you know what? I have a wife who's been driving me for thirty eight years. I have two daughter in laws that think they own me. I am not letting a thirty two pound 
girl <laughs> control how I drive. He, and it's just funny. They all, they have this fight of wills where he is not going to give in and she is not going to let that's up. That's hilarious. Yep. That's me and my, and our second daughter <laughs> for sure. But like I said, still love her, not, not walking away. <laughs> I might, I might vacate the room though. It's just, <laughs> So we like to we like to finish these uh, interviews with just a really fun question, and it's 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 simple. But when uh, describe your favorite all time date uh, that you've ever been on with your wife? Oh my goodness! Well, for us it would be travel, which we could never afford when we were young. We didn't have the time or money. But in the last decade or so, when we've had a little more freedom, uh, we went to Germany. My wife, hmm. I, it was we went there the first time because of publisher brought out three of my books in German. And so Lisa said, why don't we go awesome. there first? We'd never been to Europe and, and we spent a week there. She did it over my birthday and it mm. was just mm. incredible. I love the fall. Right. And we just yes. moved to Houston where there is no fall. The leaves right. don't turn until December, <laughs> Oh wow! but you That's... lose fall when you've got Christmas lights on trees right. that are, I mean, it's just <laughs> confusing. And so, um, so just having a long fall there and, and and you know you've got just it is beautiful i love germany i love munich maybe my favorite city in the world mm. and so for me i'll i'll never forget that and maybe because it was the first time it was extra special but that was an incredible mm. thing that my wife did that's that's awesome and munich does have a, a a warm place in our hearts as well yeah i think for one was it valentine's day i found so I'm going to, after we end the interview, I'll give you this pro tip to have this website that I'm going to send you to. (laughs) But I found, this was many years ago. It was probably like 10 years ago. I had found tickets round trip from Seattle to Munich for $350 a piece. No. And round trip. Yeah. And so I just bought them. It was a steal. Yeah. I just bought them. I didn't even think twice about it. I didn't have vacation time. I didn't have anything. We were still working. You know, we weren't doing writing. So we had actual, you know, nine to five jobs and vacation time, which I work more now just to be clear about that than I did back (laughs) then. Um, but anyway, so we ended up flying and, and we spent, we, we landed in Munich without a single plan. We just had our backpacks and this was before internet was really a thing. It, you had to go to internet wow. cafes yeah, to like, yeah. you didn't have a smartphone. Yeah. 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 And so anyway, Munich's a wonderful place. And then we ended up doing a little tour around Europe, but anyway, it what was just time incredible. of year? This was in, uh, the would have been in February, think, March. Yeah. yeah. It was cold, okay. but it was All right, So it could be cold. Yeah. I've never felt colder than that one night we were in, in Vienna, Austria. It was just, I mean, it was like bone chilling cold, but yeah. anyway, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And like I said, this, this has been a very elucidating interview and helpful and liberating for us as a married couple and as just people trying to operate. So we're definitely going to drive or encourage all of our listeners, check it out, go to wherever you buy your books. It's called when to walk away. It's by Gary Thomas, an incredible resource. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes. Um, Gary, do you have any any other places you'd like to send our wonderful listeners? Well, if they want specific information about the book, they can go to whentowalkawaybook.com. Okay, perfect. Whentowalkawaybook.com. We'll put that in the show notes. And as always, Gary, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I can't wait um, to talk to you again and or see you in person again. Thanks so <laughs> All much. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in for this special interview with Gary Thomas, uh, where we talked about toxic relationships, dealing with toxic people. So as we mentioned during the interview, if you would like more information, just go to whentowalkawaybook.com. That's whentowalkawaybook.com. 
Amazon.com. You can find all the retailers, more information about uh, Gary's book. Um, we just, we, we're so blessed by Gary and his work in the marriage space and the family space for the kingdom of God. And uh, we just we pray and hope that this episode has been helpful to you. As usual, we will see you in a couple days with another episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Uh, until next time, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.